Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we talk to IDEX about hybrid liquidity on DEXs. And we get into headlines and a lot of crypto price news. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, May 10th, 2021. I just want to get into those crypto prices because a lot of action has happened and I really want to discuss it. Let's get straight into it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 1130 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in the number one spot, as always, at $57,431, pretty much even from yesterday. But Ethereum's at $4,100, up around 7% in 24. As we all know, it's smashing through the $4,000 mark. It hit an all-time high six hours ago at $4,165. It's down 1.5% from that all-time high, but it's still at $4,100. Binance Coin, or BNB, is in the number three spot at $661, down 0.6% in 24, while Dogecoin is at 51.1 cents, up 2.5% in 24. Now, Dogecoin has been bouncing around pretty kind of crazily ever since the Elon Musk SNL appearance. Its 24-hour low was around 42.5 cents. It has been as high as 63 cents, and it's now sitting at 51 cents. And like I said to everybody, just let everything settle down. We don't know what's happening. Everybody gets a little finicky when it comes to uh, crypto prices. When they hear things they don't like, they get finicky. When they hear things they do like, they get kind of crazy. Let things relax for a little bit. Remember, Dogecoin's all-time high price was two days ago at 73.7 cents. At number five, Tether, and rounding off the top 10, we have Cardano, XRP, Polkadot, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin at number 10. And we have to mention Shiba Inu, which is a Dogecoin knockoff that went up 1,600% in seven days. What the total F is going on? We have no clue. Where did you come from? What do you do? Why are you here? But it is here in the number 18 spot with $11.3 billion market cap and a cost per coin of 0.000029 cents. I have no clue about this thing, but whatever. Whoever had this coin at the beginning is rich. Who doesn't have it, you're probably SOL because it's freaking expensive. Total market cap for all cryptocurrency, we're at 243 trillion dollars and a BTC dominance of 44%. Moving in our main conversation today, I talked to Alex Wern, who is the CEO and co-founder of IDEX. Well, he is trying to solve some problems with decentralized exchanges and decentralized swaps. And some of those problems with the swaps and the exchanges really pissed me off. And since he has solutions, I wanted to talk to him about it. Hey, thanks for having me. 100%. Look, last time we spoke, we were talking about Binance Smart Chain and IDEX going over to there as well, bridging between IDEX, Binance Smart Chain. And you just told me that everything rolled out beautifully. Fill me in on what, on what happened since then. Yeah, it was it was great. So I think the timing could not have been better. We launched at the beginning of February, and the next couple of weeks were dominated uh, by discussions around Binance Smart Chain versus Ethereum trade-offs that each application or, or network is making. 
I think one thing that's clear is that there's demand for these sort of products from users that is not being satisfied by chains that are, at least at the moment, more expensive. Obviously, there's a lot of development in the pipeline for Ethereum to help lower those costs, but it was great to see just the explosion of activity on all these different applications that users who maybe were priced out of alternatives were able to jump in and, and try them out. So I think that's been a big positive signal for us at IDEX that there's clear demand for these applications and more than we can even satisfy at the moment because the infrastructure to support the applications is still being built out in a way that can scale. Excellent. And today we're talking about a new product that you just told me about, hybrid liquidity. Tell me about your new product and tell me what is this? Yeah, so IDEX Hybrid Liquidity is a fusion of an order book DEX with an AMM. And it's AMM? working to, yeah, sorry, automated market maker. So okay. these are swap products, Uniswap, Pancake Swap are two of the most popular. They the the key aspects of AMMs are that it allows your average user to become a market maker or liquidity provider, as it's called, by just depositing assets into a smart contract. And then the smart contract handles the market making process. Users don't have to worry about understanding APIs or order books or some of the more advanced elements that go into market making. And they've been really popular in particular with bootstrapping new assets because it's easy for teams and communities to get a market up and running. Our product is going to fuse our existing IDEX order book which is a traditional kind of high performance order book exchange, but with smart contract custody and settlement with the AMM liquidity pools. Uh, and this is going to solve a couple of different issues. So if users have ever traded on an AMM, they're probably aware of some of the challenges that have to do with uh, maybe reliability as a way of putting it. So you submit a transaction to the AMM, and then at that point, it's up to the miners and the network to prioritize and accept your transaction. And there's a whole host of things that can go wrong at that point. Um, most egregiously, your transaction can fail outright. So you actually spend money trying to get the transaction through. It doesn't go through. You don't get the trade you want, and you have to go try again and, and hope that it comes through this time. Uh, it also opens users up to things like front running or what's called sandwich attacks. Basically, more sophisticated actors are looking at pending transactions and finding ways to manipulate them or trade against them. Before we go, go any further, can you define front running and sandwich attacks? Sure. So front running is the idea. It's, it's exactly like it sounds. You uh, a, a, typically a program, a bot is watching for transactions. And when it sees an opportunity to profit by jumping in front of a transaction, it will do so. It will submit another transaction uh, with, in this case, a higher gas price which means the miners on the network will prioritize that transaction because they're just looking to profit based on who's willing to pay the most. And this environment is adversarial and it means that regular users lose out to those with big budgets or sophisticated infrastructure to pay attention to these types of nuances of, of how the network operates. Uh, a sandwich attack is a specific version of front running. This type of bot will look for an incoming transaction, front run the transaction, say there's an incoming buy, they will front run with a buy of their own, driving up the price. The regular user's transaction then comes in and buys at a higher price, uh, after which the bot will then sell back to the AMM. 
So the bot has artificially inflated the price for the regular user and then sold back after they bought. Uh, the result meaning the regular user has worse pricing, higher slippage, uh, all at the expense of someone who's not really adding any value to the system. And these people are crafty. Crafty. It's pretty crafty. What It's one of the more fascinating aspects of uh, kind of blockchain networks is, is watching this open adversarial environment play out. And so the, the way you need to kind of think about this problem is that uh, there's really no coordination around who came first, right? So there's this regular user who was first to show up, but someone else was allowed to jump in front of them. And that's what IDEX is solving with this hybrid liquidity solution. So we're bringing our top tier trading engine and fusing it with an AMM liquidity pool. What that means is users, when they submit a transaction to the pool, they'll get instant execution. The price will update immediately. There's no issue of someone else potentially jumping in front of them. You don't have this front running or sandwich attacks problem. And you don't have this risk of failed transactions because the trading engine is going to coordinate and make sure that everyone's uh, priority is kind of respected when it goes to settling transactions on chain. I think I used Uniswap twice and I was dumbfounded that a product would exist that would allow me to spend money on a failed transaction. The first time that happened, I was literally, I thought I, I messed up. I was like, what, how does this even a thing? And how is people, how are people using this and thinking that this is acceptable? So I'm very happy that you are working to fight against that issue in general. And so what I'm hearing from you in IDEX is that you are making a more reliable, more confident, uh, and more, or basically a product that fits into the crypto ecosystem to allow the average user more ability to retail trade than these other products out there. That's what I'm hearing. That, that's exactly right. And it's interesting. I think a lot of these technologies start with power users in mind. And that makes sense at the beginning when you're trying to figure out, is this product even going to be successful? Clearly, AMMs have shown a unique ability to uh, attract users, in, in, in particular with certain types of markets. And so we're now coming in and trying to figure out how can we build on top of this innovation in a way that makes it more accessible to everyone. Uh, and like you said, a lot of users are going to get turned away if they show up to a product, spend money to make a transaction walk away having spent that money and not being successful, right? A couple of those and, and you're turned off potentially forever. And obviously that's that's not the type of experience that we want. And you know the, the worst case would be that someone has that experience and then says, screw this, I'm gonna stick on centralized exchanges. And that's, you know, as someone who's trying to push forward this goal of decentralized trading, you know, that's kind of the opposite of what we want to see is, is users moving away to platforms that don't really embrace some of these ideals of self-custody. Wonderful. Alex Warren, CEO and co-founder of IDEX. Thanks for coming on and talking about your new product and congratulations on your success thus far. And I hope even more during this bull. Great. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Moving into headlines. Mike Novogratz, who is the CEO of Galaxy Digital, says it's time to switch to Satoshis. In this tweet, he says, Too many people are telling me $58,000 Bitcoin is too expensive. Wix Exchange will be the first to quote in Satoshis, and I think that this is a great idea. This is one of my biggest barrier to entries to talking to people about Bitcoin and saying, Hey, why don't you pick up some Bitcoin? And they say, well, how much is it today? I'm like, it's $58,000. And they're like, well, I don't have $58,000. I'm like, well, you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. And they didn't know that. And then the other barrier to entry is to look at that $58,000, 
thinking that you're not going to get that full Bitcoin, that it's not going to be worth anything. If you can just quote in Satoshis, it will break down that mental barrier and give people the access to Bitcoin. Right now today, one US dollar is around 1,700 Satoshis. Imagine going to an exchange and saying, okay, I want to buy $2 worth of Bitcoin or 3,400 Satoshis, $3 or $4. And these exchanges have ways, I know they do, they have a way for it to be very cost effective for the buyer and the seller, them, the exchange, to pick up just a couple of Satoshis, a couple thousand of Satoshis, or a couple of dollars worth of Bitcoin. I want to see somebody do this. I think that this is a great idea, and I want to know who's the first person to do this too. I'm going to place my bet that SBF, Sam Bankman fried of FTX Exchange, is going to be the first person to do this. This is my guess, because he's always ahead of the game. What do you guys think? Who is going to be the first person to quote prices in Satoshis and allow you to buy just a buck worth of Bitcoin? Send me an email, matthewaron at decrypt.co. I have a warning for everybody that uses Tor browser. Please be careful. There are malicious Tor network servers that are targeting users' cryptocurrencies. And it looks as though the way that they're doing this is they're basically exposing people's data on the internet if you're a cryptocurrency user. So for example, you might go to an HTTPS site, a website that is secure to send your data across, and they might redirect you to sites that expose your data. So basically, you go to any normal website that you use that you know that you can send data on and it's going to be safe to send it over the internet. But they're basically sending you to a site that looks exactly like the other site, but it exposes your data. So if you send your email address or your login passwords or anything like that, it's making it visible for people to see. So just be very, very careful. Be very cognizant of what site you're on. Look in your browser Look to see if it's a secure site to make sure that everything is looking normal. Make sure that you're only using bookmarked sites and be careful of what you're doing on Tor Browser. If you want to read more about that article, please, link is in the description. Stay safe. And finally, in some interesting and weird news, this is something that I kind of don't even know if it will even actually happen. Will it come to fruition? Kind of like the Tesla Roadster or the Cybertruck or the Tesla Semi, <laughs> things that we've been waiting on forever. Well, SpaceX said they will launch the Doge 1. And the Doge 1 is the first ever commercial lunar payload paid for entirely in Dogecoin. Basically, somebody has a crap ton of Dogecoin and they said well, they're gonna pay to have stuff sent to the moon and they paid for it with Doge apparently. Apparently, because this is what you do when you become a billionaire overnight, is <laughs> you just say, hey, what can I buy with Doge? <laughs> I have no clue even what to say about this. Anyway, according to SpaceX, CEO Elon Musk said Dogecoin will become the first ever crypto and the first ever meme in space. Well, that's great. I'm happy that Doge is paying for stuff to go to space and it's going to be Doge 1 and all that other great stuff. I'm more excited that we're going back to the moon. I can't wait to put people, people on the moon again. And I'm super excited to see the whole process with SpaceX. I'm super excited to see the capsule. I'm super excited to see the videos. I am looking forward to this very much so. Doge or no doge. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to DiemerForCongress.com, D-I-E-M-E-R, ForCongress.com, and contribute to my campaign for Congress, Bitcoin and blockchain advocates in Washington. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.